You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of The Smoking Cuban, and also of Mavs.com. What you got for me, Isaac? Nick, how many starters are there on a basketball team? How many starters? There's five, but on the TV show, there's only four. There's four, so they need a fifth. And who should that be? Well, they were thinking it was going to be Matt Austin, who's like their main producer, but... I don't know who that is. I need somebody that I know. It should probably be me. <laughs> that got shouted out on the show. <laughs> shout, out to the, shout out to the starters for shouting me out. Uh, I tweeted this earlier, but just Matt, just like a lot of respect to those guys. I, I followed them for a long time. If you guys didn't didn't see this the uh the starters found the the i tweeted them this play where dwight powell the other night against the nuggets he flipped the ball basically over the basket and it goes back and it lands on the like the stanchion that holds the the hoop up and the backboard up and it gets stuck up there now the starters have all these different names for these different things so like if it gets stuck between the the rim and the backboard they call that a wedgie now everybody's kind of taking that and like announcers say that all the time and you know like national people say that then you have a leggy which is this happens like probably once a year where the ball stays on the back of the rim and just like hangs out there and just doesn't move like it just get it just stays there you know like it's not stuck huh. it's just kind of like stays there i didn't and, know this one so that that one's called a leggy and then there's a pigeon which is when it gets stuck on the top of the backboard between the backboard and like the shot clock so if it stays up there they call a it a pigeon. pigeon and so this one the other day with dwight wasn't any of those because it wasn't on top of the backboard. It wasn't anywhere near the rim. It was way back in the back. And so I was like, what should we call this? And I tweeted them, and they shouted me out. And they did not have to shout me out. They could have just took, taken that play and used it and not said anything. And I'm just uh, impressed with those guys attributing you know, credit to me, I guess, for finding that play and giving it to them. And it's just great stuff from them. But what should we call it? I thought somebody mentioned that we should call it a Plinko. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great because it like bounced around and then it just lands. It finally like lands in its little spot. Uh, some people were saying it's like a bird nest. So I was like, should we call it a nesty? A nesty. I don't even know. Like, I don't know. I don't get into those names. I just say the ball stuck. See, that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> nesty. I think I'm going to go with nesty, but we'll see. We'll see what they okay. come up with. I'm down with nesty. But thanks to everybody that, that tweeted me that the, the starter shouted me out. I appreciate that because I can't be everywhere at all times, guys. Did they tweet you? <laughs> yeah, they quote tweeted it. Oh, man, I need to find this. Yeah. I'm going to find it. Also, shout out to uh, Big Russia who uh, got Isaac a whole bunch of, of BYU fans today. Whoa. BYU, y'all coming out in full forces right now, right? <laughs> um. Because Kyle Collinsworth, I'm trying to brag on him some, and he did play really good defense. But y'all are coming out of your of your churches 
to uh their to ladder give, their latter day saints they're coming <laughs> off of their ladders to give some love so uh shout out to you guys you hey great. hey all you byu fans that are just clinging for some kyle collinsworth news tomorrow is a latter day <laughs> i have nothing more to say also just just wanted to throw this out there he his um 10 day contract will be up this saturday i think the 23rd the 23rd i believe which is um yeah i think that is a saturday or a friday but yeah. but yeah so just just wanted to throw that out there uh i have no idea what they're gonna do with him after that like I think they'll probably keep him around. I think they'll probably just try to keep him around until after the the deadline and figure it out. Then he's such a weird case because he's older than he's older than Harrison Barnes. Yeah, because he it's, went. I mean, I don't know like his long term like shot, but it's just like right now with all the trade uncertainty, you might be bringing in you know more players than you're sending out, and you could use his spot. And so, yeah, we'll yeah see. that's tough. So. Uh, today, what we're going to be doing is talking about our top 10 draft prospects for this summer's draft. We love the draft. It's super exciting. This draft is uh, really top heavy in the first six, first five. You want to say six? Yeah, I'll say six of this. First yeah. six uh, picks should be really, really good. Maybe seven. I might go seven. Uh, and the Mavericks are looking like they're going to have another top. Let's see. Where do you think the Mavericks end up? Eight, nine again? Yeah, I'm, I, I shoot for nine. I know. You're shooting for nine, so that's like what you're. I mean, you're that if to get. like you're telling me like where are they going to land, I'm going to say nine. Um, the Mavericks highest. are currently fourth in the draft lottery standings. <laughs> no, um, I think the highest we could get. Like barring and like the ping pong balls going our way, um, the highest we could get would be like six. Yeah, because if you start looking at some of these teams below Dallas, I mean, you have the Lakers who are, you know, pretty close to just everything blowing up, and it kind of is for them. Memphis, who, uh, they could like pick it up at the end of the year. Let's say they get guys back, and then they're like, okay, let's you know make a run or whatever. They're not really a tanking type team. Brooklyn, who is, you know, when will the Spencer Dinwiddie, like, <laughs> all-star appearance type season, you know, slow down for them. You have Phoenix, Chicago, uh, and those two teams are, you know, one move away from just completely rebuilding and, and having no talent at all. So, Yeah, I mean, I think Brooklyn, like, Brooklyn and Memphis will go up. Um, think, like, yeah. Well, Brooklyn doesn't have any reason to tank, so – they they're like they have no reason to. Uh, I think they were granted a, uh, an exception today for Jeremy Lin. Lin. Yeah, I was like so six million or something. They could use that, but I think I mean Chicago and Phoenix they should start to plummet. Um, especially it looks like they're going to trade Miritich in Chicago. So but probably if you followed Chicago Bulls at any point during the last couple of years, you know that they're going to do exactly the opposite of what they should do. That is true. So it, I mean the way it looks, they might. I mean, if they just trade Mirtich for like a first rounder or something, or I mean, that pretty much signals that you're saying let's go straight to the bottom. And on a lot of nights, he's been their best player. Yeah, yeah. Markkinen had a really funny uh, block on Steph Curry tonight, but 
Uh, I can see them too plummeting. And then even when you start looking up some, you know, what if Rudy Gobert doesn't come back? Like, what if they just say, hey, let's yeah, just cash in this Utah's season. record is a lot worse than I, I thought. Like, when we were yeah. talking about them the other day, they're 17-26 and 26 right now. Yeah, what and, and, like, what if Charlotte trades Kemba and yeah. it's a package centered around, like, draft picks and stuff. So there's some New York. New York's right in that same – uh, category two. There's some teams right through there that could plummet very quick. The last half of the season could look really dark. Oh man, it's gonna and it's probably gonna make a lot of Mavs fans mad because the Mavericks gonna take see, advantage of a lot of these games. They're playing teams that are actually you know rebuilding slash tanking, whatever you want to call it. So that's why I say six uh, six through nine. That's where Dallas will end up. Six through nine. So since that's where we think they're going to land, we're going to go through. We're going to go one through ten. We're going to say who we think is going to who we think for the Mavericks. We're basically putting together the Mavericks board uh, yeah. from our perspective. So we're looking at these guys. This is not who we think are the best players. This is who we think the Mavericks will t- will or should take. You know, at the time of the draft, if it was right now, I'm going with should instead of will. Okay. I yeah, I I would also go with should because it's my my personal opinion. It's not what yes. I, you know, I'm not trying to look into Donnie Nelson's mind and try to figure out, okay, all right. He likes guys with the wingspan between, you know, I'm not doing that. I think it I think they would take Luca first. But do I think they should? No. Ooh, okay. Well, I think they should take him first. Okay. Of course. Moneyball all all does. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been a little brainwashed by this, but you know, just everything you've heard, we'll jump right into it. Everything you, you've heard about this guy is that he's just a transcendent talent. I got a question real quick. Don't Did you, you know that he plays in the second best league in the world? The second best le- – he plays in the second best league in the world. <laughs> I'm uh, so tired of hearing that crap. He's man. in the running for the MVP there. Um, also, <laughs> so, okay, so he plays for Real Madrid in, in La Liga. He is a six foot seven guard slash wing. He's 220. Uh, he doesn't have a listed wingspan really anywhere yet, and uh, the thing that I like of, about him is you look at it. He, people are like, "Oh, well, he's playing in this lesser league and blah blah blah." But then you also have the other people that are saying he's in the second best league in the world. Yeah. Uh, look at his stats right now compared to Kristaps Porzingis' stats his last year in in the playing for this league. Porzingis averaged eleven points, four and a half rebounds, and one steal in per game in twenty one minutes. Uh, Doncic averaging just about 16 points, five and a half rebounds, four and a half assists, and a steal in 25 minutes. So, like, you, we look at Kristaps Porzingis coming in, and he was, you know, he was pretty ready right away. I mean, he, you could tell he was definitely a project, but he came in and impressed people right away. And Doncic is, his stats are kind of blowing away what Porzingis did in his last year before coming to the NBA. Yeah, and I, I, the only pushback I pushed on that is, can you do that? Can you use those stats in the opposite direction too? Like, I haven't looked them up. So, but like, what was Rudy Fernandez's stats? You know, like, what were some of those guys' stats in their last year coming out? Oh, of the sure, same? but were those guys eighteen years old? I don't. Know. I don't know. I don't think. Yeah. Like, well, but like that. That's the thing. Like, like it's 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 kind of like what I was saying. Like I have. Like I think Luca's gonna be like good and great. I don't know if he's gonna be like transcendent like some people think he will. Um, I just think he has a, a little bit more question marks than a couple of the other guys. And 
I just don't, I, I'm unsure about who he guards a little bit on the wing, and I'm just kind of a little scared about his athleticism. But those are all the questions about him. Yeah, <laughs> and that, so like as a playmaking, like everything on the wing, I think that's 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 cool and great. But it kind of goes into my whole thing with Dennis again that we've mentioned before, and we're talking about like Mavs fit. Can they work? Yeah, they could. But I, I'm still in the camp, and I'm still a firm believer that I think Dennis is the best when he has the ball in his hands running the offense through him. And you kind of, like, and it's a dumbed-down scale, but when we're talking about J.J. and the offense running through J.J. and Dennis is off the ball, it's the same thing that's going to happen with Luka. Like, except Luka's a great, greater version of J.J. So, like... That's the thing of, like, I want the ball in Dennis's hand, and if we're going to invest in Dennis like we are, I would rather find a complimentary piece that, I don't know, I just, in like, in Luka, I think Luka's the best if he's running the show. Like, Luka in Phoenix would Booker off the ball, Josh Jackson off the ball, I think yeah. that's awesome. Like, give Luka the ball. Let him have a Giannis type of role. I think that would be the best for him. And I just, in Dallas... With Dennis, I want Dennis running our show. So Orlando, Orlando would also love to have have him for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would fit yeah. right into all their six six to six nine guys. That what the dang that if they keep around some of these guys, let's say it's Doncic, Simmons, Gordon, Isaac. Uh, you know, throw Fournier in there. Throw you know, throw somebody else in there. That's a that's a pretty interesting lineup right there. Yeah, and I mean, no, t- no telling what they're going to do at the deadline. So. Yeah, like the Ben Simmons type of role, the Giannis, I think Luca could feel right into that role. And I just, I, I think for them both to be maximized at their strengths, I think they both need to be playing that same role. So therefore, I don't think it's the best of fits. I still have him three, but. Yeah, I, I'm just going to trust the hype on it. I'm just going to trust that he is as transcendent as everybody is saying that he is going to be. And if he is, then he'll figure out a way to 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 mesh with Dennis. We've talked about this before, whether it's, you know, you take your best player and you either play them out of position to maximize your role players, or you play the superstar player in their, their position to maximize them, even though it marginalizes some of your role players like that. That's just a a conversation we're gonna have to have either way though. I think you just take the best talent available, especially if you're going number one, it's just, it's time and time again, a team has taken, you know, a, uh, a Clyde Drexler when they should have taken a Michael Jordan, you know, or taken, you know, like a, you know, taken a, or no, 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 t- taken a Sam Bowie when they should have taken a Michael Jordan just because they had Clyde Drexler on the team, you know? Like, yeah, but, but that's, but that's where we differ. I don't think the talent drop off is that significant. I don't think it is. He's the best player overall and it's by a wide margin. So you just got to take him and make it work. I don't think it's that. I think it is. I think they're all pretty tight up through there. So therefore, you look at it and you can make that best pit, best fit. I know a lot of people say Luca's number one overall. No, I mean I think our, you know, Cole Cole has him at you know one tier one all by himself. Like, you know, two is strong with that. So I just don't think the talent drop off is is that significant to where you're setting back saying, oh, he's the top overall prospect, no doubt about it clear cut and I'm going to pass him up because of fit. I don't think it's that. Well, let's see. I'm going to assume that you at number one have Marvin Bagley. I do. I am still all about Marvin Bagley. Um, I, I, something I don't get, I don't get the position quote problem. Like, yeah, 
what what's the what's the issue with that? We're run, we're seeing AD and Boogie run at the same time right now. Like what what's the problem with that? Like we're seeing Kevin Durant taking the center, him and Draymond playing center and power forward. Like Ben Simmons and Giannis playing point guard. Yeah, I I don't I don't see the problem with that. I think he I think he's best at the four. I think in lineups you can maximize and put him at the five and run it. You know, it's a a lot to do with fits. And so like the position thing that people want to throw out there and say, hey, like I don't know, you know, is he a four? Is he five? And that's a problem. No, not in today's game. No, like, like you like game. you could play. I have him at three. You can play him. You can play him with Maxi. You know, or you can play him with. Dirk, you know, play him with Dirk to start the game, then play him with Harrison Barnes at the end of the game, like to end the game out. You know, like I feel like that would be – he's just versatile where he can do that. He can play with a lot of different players, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I see like um, – and it's not just because he's a lefty, but like a um, a more athletic Chris Bosh type. Like yeah. just everything with that, his motions, the way he can play on the perimeter – uh, with his, his with shot. Chris Bosh with the jump shot and the post game, <laughs> like yeah, throw all versions of Chris Bosh together, <laughs> and it's not like his like his shot looks pretty. It could be better, like you know, consistent wise. But yeah, I mean, I'm in the numbers he's putting up in the ACC best best basketball league in college basketball, but it's not the second best league in the world though. What? <laughs> um, no, I just I, I I like Bagley. I think his talent is just incredible um but for me it's a top three like if there's a tier it's the top three players in the tier and um i think they're all right together there to where i think if it is a fit like with me i you know i do and we both have Aiden at, at two right probably yeah, yeah so like with it bagley Aiden, don Doncic, like i think those three are interchangeable and it's based on fit of whoever lands in the top three for me it is like i think that they're so close talent wise that if you're sitting there at one, you take the best fit out of those three. I don't think one of them is clear, so clear over the other that you're setting back saying you just can't take that guy over the other guy. For me, that's how it is. I wonder if Sacramento would take Doncic if they were number one, even though they have Fox. Well, see, it all goes down to how well it goes down to how much you view your guy, and like if you're sitting there saying, you know. De'Aaron Fox, like we think he's good, but we don't think he's like all-star type good. Then you take Doncic and you just make Fox work, or you look at trading him later. But like I think Dennis Smith Jr. can be really very, very good, like a future all-star in the league. So like I don't, I don't think it's worth taking somebody to minimize his his role, kind of. So like that's that's my thing with him. Yeah, in Sacramento, it, it all depends on how what what the team thinks. We handed the keys to Dennis on day one. You know, they're starting. They signed George Hill, and they're starting George Hill over here. Okay, so like, they signed George Hill after they drafted Fox. So, and then they're they've been playing the split and everything. So it kind of depends on the the ceiling that they think you know they have for De'Aaron Fox. You know, if Orlando set back with Jonathan Isaac, would they not take another wing? Which is different conversation a little bit, but like. Would they not take another wing at the same position as him because they think he's going to be that transcendent? I don't know about that. Like, I would almost just take the wing, you know? And so, well, especially wings, you can have as many of those as you want. That's a conversation. Boneless, bit. You can have the uh, barbecue, you can have all the different kinds of sauces and flavors. Yeah. And this kind of goes what later on in this conversation. I but, wings, no. <laughs> but here's my thing. 
You can have multiple, and this is what kills me when people talk about can he play with Harrison Barnes, whether it's Jabari Parker in the talking trade market. Bagley. No, well, no, I'm talking about anything. Whether it's Jabari Barker with you know, with Harrison Barnes in the trade market, is it you know Bagley? Is are we talking about Miles Bridges? And people are like, oh, can he play with Barnes? You can have two Barnes, but I don't think you can have two Dennis's. Like that's the thing. That's where we've changed in this league to where. You can have two Barnes and make it work on the wing. It's a lot harder to have two Dennis Smiths. And like, and that goes into my Trey Young stuff. I'm not high on Trey Young in Dallas because I just don't think I just don't like that fit. I not, I don't need two six two guards. And like I need a defending. I need a defender alongside Dennis. And so that's the that's a whole I don't. That's another conversation I don't get when people say, "Can he play alongside Harrison Barnes? Can he play along?" The the whole sentence of "Can he play alongside blank wing?" You can have you have multiple wings in today's game. Yeah, they can play alongside each other. Oh, Unless yeah. you're talking about like Tony Allen and Andre Roberson, like just two dead holes on a, you know like that you they couldn't hit a three or something like that. Shots like, fired at Roberson and Tony Allen. Like, First I team all defense, that. both of them. I understand that because that would alter your whole offense. Like, but like guys that can hit anyway. So, so, yeah. so, uh, so I have Doncic first. Isaac has Marvin Bagley first. We both have DeAndre Ayton second, and then I have what a man Bagley third, and he has Doncic third. Bagley, by the way, six eleven, big man, two hundred twenty five pounds with a seven foot wingspan from Duke right now. He's just lighting it up, having these thirty and ten games. How many has he had? Five, six? Oh gosh, I don't know. Thirty and ten games. I mean it, it's incredible. In the, in the ACC. The stuff he's put it's a, it's the first best conference in the world. I mean, it is just the <laughs> it's one of the best. Uh DeAndre Ayton, the guy we both have second for the Mavericks. He could go one, and I'm not complaining. Yeah, like from, it, 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 from Arizona. He's a seven-foot big man, 250 pounds, seven-foot-five wingspan. Uh, I, this is a guy that I, I really love. Like I, Oh, yeah. If I'm like, okay, I want to take a player over somebody, I would take Aiton over, over Doncic, I think, just because this guy can do so much. Like He has a pretty – he has a hilariously good jumper. <laughs> I think you look at his jumper. He can do, you know, a turnaround jumper. He can do coming off a screen. He can, you know, hit that kind of a shot. And he's like an amazing rim protector. Yeah. I mean, he just, he's like, I mean, it's like Dwight Howard's body. And, but in college, he can hit a three. Like, and this is what goes down to it. Where if like Atlanta gets the first, you know, the first overall pick. And they're like, oh, we like, you know, we like shooter and stuff. We really still want to run it through him. Like and they take Aiton first to go alongside John Collins, you know, moving forward. Like I think that's a good fit. I think yeah. that's a great fit. And like roll with it. Like people shouldn't be upset with them if they pick Aiton over Doncic. Like what? Stop. Like Aiton is a monster. And so like I, a lot of it goes into fit. And like you said with Sacramento, like well Sacramento gets number one, and they want, you know, and they're like, hey, we like De'Aaron Fox. We want we want to run him, you know, with the ball in his hands, and they take Aiton. Like sure, he's he's gonna be a monster in this league. Like Aiden could step in right now and average, you know, sixteen and ten a game. Like no big deal. Speaking of multiple wings, number four, I'm curious as to who you have. I have uh, Michael, I have Michael Porter Jr. And, and that's fine. And these two are interchangeable too. Like B- Bamba and Porter Jr. Bamba is number five for me. 
I it, this just goes in the fit. I mean, I, I like I love Porter Jr. a lot. His back stuff scares me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, the back stuff is the only reason I push him behind Bamba. But you talked about it a few pods ago, a few weeks ago. Just uh, Dennis and Bamba running pick and rolls. So, like you could just see that right now on the court. Oh like, yeah. And the people who like jumped off the Bamba train early in the season, I'm just I continue to laugh at you, and because now you're back on, now you're like knocking on the door trying to get back on, uh, on board. So if you have forgotten, uh, Michael Porter Jr. was I think he was wasn't he the number one player coming out of high school? Yeah, he yeah, was in, for a until long until Bagley time. reclassified. Yeah. Oh right, right, yeah. So Michael Porter Jr. was like you know the highly touted player coming out of high school, you know, number one for a long time until Bagley reclassified and was supposed to be a senior in high school and is now, holy cow, Marvin Bagley was supposed to be a senior in high school this year. Yeah. And he's throwing up those numbers. But Michael Ward Jr. is a 6'10 wing slash, he's probably a four is probably his best position, but he could definitely play three. He's yeah. 215 pounds with a seven-foot wingspan from Missouri. And I put in parentheses, kind of, because he's, is he, he's not going to play an official game for them, right? He said, I think he thinks different. Um, I think he thinks he's going to come back at some point later on this year. But, oh, yeah, I'm I'm all about Porter Jr. I'm all about his talent. It, that would be an incredible steal if Dallas is sitting there at five, six, seven, and he falls to him and you get a talent like that. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of like a Durant starter kit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's what – and for, like, honestly, there's people out there saying, what's his fit next to Harrison Barnes? Stop. Just yeah. <laughs> please. Just quit. <laughs> and then uh, Mo Bamba, who we mentioned, is out of Texas. A lot of you should know this. He is a six foot eleven, two hundred fifteen pound big man with a seven foot nine wingspan. Just picture a more uh, more mobile and a little bit better, like a better shooter than Rudy Gobert. Yeah, and he can sh- he can shoot the three. <laughs> he li- he literally could be a like. A transcendent defensive player, like a generational defensive player on at the the five spot. He's that long. When you watch him in games, it's insane the shots he gets to, and how he can contest and just change everything in the game defensively. It's wild. Yeah. Yes. And still raw. Still raw. Oh, all a lot of these guys are. But well, like Aiton's a little bit more polished than him, but. Yeah, I mean, you're sitting there five six, like you gotta take him. All right, so there, there's the top five. Then other, the, I think the top five for for the Mavericks are the top five pretty much for everybody. I think I, a lot of know, people throw a lot of people are throwing Trey Trey Young up there. I've seen Trey Young as high as two, three, four on some yeah. people, and this is where it comes into a lot of fit. So like, let's say Orlando sitting there at four, and Bamba and Porter Jr. sitting on the board, and there's and they're like. We really like our rookie and Jonathan Isaac. We re- we want to build around, you know, he's one of our pieces. We really like Aaron Gordon. Alfred Payton's a free agent. So, like, if they went with Trey Young over Bamba or Porter Jr., I get it. Yeah. Like, I get that. And so, I, we're doing this off a of Mavs perspective. So, if I'm doing overall, I think Trey Young's in that Bamba-Porter Jr. group right now, but just not there for for Mavericks. After that, it gets pretty tough for me. I'm probably going to surprise you with who I have at six. Okay. At six, I have Jaron Jackson. Okay. I like Jaron Jackson a lot. I have him him down a little bit, but he's in my top ten, though. 
Yeah, Jaron Jackson, like let's, Jackson. Let's go ahead and talk about him. He's from Michigan State. He's a six foot ten big. He's two thirty with a seven foot four wingspan. He's a rim protector, really good finisher around the rims. Got a little bit of a jumper, uh, and he's one of the youngest players in the draft. Just another one of these, you know, rim runner guys. A little bit more on his offensive game, uh, and can defend the rim. Yeah, and I mean, he. You would never thought going into the season that. Um, he would be a higher touted prospect than Miles Bridges, yeah. Uh, because Miles Bridges was you know, projected to go nine through fourteen late lottery last year, and he would have got some Mavericks love too if he stayed in the draft you know, with some mock drafts and stuff. But, um, but yeah, Jaron Jackson, man, I mean, his dad played in the NBA. His um, his outside shots, you know, came along. Just some of his defensive plays, rim protecting, like it's. He's really impressive, and he he's been one of these like hot dudes that people have jumped on his train a little bit. Um, going up, there was some there were some little debates going on between him and Bamba um, early in the season of oh could he pass up Bamba because Bamba's just so raw and all this stuff, and I don't think he's past that. But uh, I do like Jackson a lot, and I mean I have him in my top ten. So do I think he's a um, a future? one or two top player on a very good team no but i think he could be a, you know third best player something like that probably yeah this is definitely where it falls off for me after that top five for the mavericks it definitely falls off in terms of talent and fit yeah and that's and here's the thing like i have trey young and colin sexton at seven and eight and only because it's like if you get to this point and they're still on the board like you got to figure it out. Like it, it gets into what we're talking about. Like if you're sitting there at eight and Trey Young's still on the board, like you try to work out a trade. Do I think Dallas is going to take him and run him with Dennis? No, but that's when you that's when your your phone is blowing up with trade calls. So like I feel like I have to put Trey Young and Colin Sexton in here because like they're so good of prospects. But I don't think that they will like end up in Dallas, if that makes sense. That's where it gets. Uh, we were talking about before the podcast. That's where it gets really tricky about us make, making these you know top ten lists because it just reaches a point in the top ten to where like I have to put him on there because like I would feel stupid putting Kevin Knox over him, even though Kevin Knox would probably fit better in Dallas and. You know, but Trey Young's ten times the prospect. Yeah, you're essentially just throwing away money at that point if you're not taking the best, you know, like the best player yeah. available, and then e- either trying to get something for him or just you know rolling with it and then trading him a little later, you know, or I don't know, just reevaluating what you're doing. I have them in the same one too, but a little bit later. Okay, uh, at six, I have Mikael Bridges. I, okay, I had him at seven. I really, really like him. He's my he's who over the past like two three weeks is somebody I keep on watching tape on and the more I watch him the more I like him yeah he's I, uh, I have a crush on him right now <laughs> he's a six seven wing uh 200 pounds with a seven two wingspan from Villanova he just has like Brandon Ingram Sign like Durant arms like just this crazy like when you look at him just like yeah. so long for his wingspan he Definitely reminds me of like a Kawhi Leonard type yeah and he, he's a three and D but he's not really a shot creator which is kind of what Kawhi Leonard was coming out of, of college. Kawhi Leonard didn't even have a good shot coming out of college, though. No. Really good defender, uh, and he, he would just end up being a really high-level role player. And you, you could just see the fit so well with, with Dennis, you know, because he doesn't need to create his own shot. Like, he doesn't need the ball to get involved in the, in the offense. And so playing with him, 
you know, playing with Dennis and Harrison Barnes, you can just see that work so fluidly. Oh yeah, that that's he's just the, he's the type of guy that he's like a bigger Wes Matthews. He is, yeah, and I mean, you just hope that you know what you can't measure in Wes is just his like pit bull nature type, and you hope some prospects get that. But I think you measure yeah. that in pits, but I don't, I don't know. That's not, <laughs> that's not a scientific term. Uh, but yeah, uh, he's out of Villanova. Just his frame is insane. He can hit the three. Um, just watch some clips of him too. I mean, he just catches off the dribble and just you know catches off the, just drains it. And um, I like his game. I think he is a little underrated. Um, I don't know. He, he's a guy that you could literally put on any team in the league and he would fit in because of how the game is today. So when you look at some of these you know other prospects and stuff you're worried about fit you're worried about colin sexton how he could fit with dennis smith jr or with another point guard you might have on your team you're worried you know not really worried but if like you have mo bamba or somebody like and you already have a center oh what am i going to do do i have to trade somebody do i have to who's going to start who's going to come off the bench you know something like that bridges like mikhail bridges like he's he's gonna like he has his role already like there's no like Unless you were sitting there with five wings on your roster that can uh, do what he does, like he's gonna get minutes. Like the he Celtics. has, yeah, like he has his role, everything with that. So yeah, I mean, Kawhi Leonard is the highest of frames, but then of the highest possibilities. But and you know, even like a Jalen Brown type of guy, like yeah, I'm all about him. If we're sitting there at, you know, if all the if the top six is off the you know top five is off the board. I know this probably would make some Mavs fans upset, but I would take him over Trey Young. <laughs> I have him at I have him at six. I have him at uh, seven, so I have him exactly over those guys as well. Uh, agree with everything you said. At number eight, so at, at eight and nine, I have the two the two point guards. Okay, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm making a hot take here for oh, the sorry. Mavericks. I think I might take Colin Sexton over Trey Young. Really? Just because I wonder. The nature of Colin Sexton, you see, like, his his demeanor on the court. You see how fiery yeah. he gets. You see him, like, pump up. I wonder if Dennis Smith Jr. would feed off of that because it seems like he Dennis is not really a guy that kind of creates his own energy in a sense. It seems like he, he feeds off of guys, and I wonder if that would just create, like, this crazy, you know, like, firestorm yeah. between the two, and they would just, like, defend well together because they're so hyped up, and they would, you know, go crazy on, on offense and – I don't know. I, I could see even you know him picking for Dennis and rolling and, and you know just doing weird things and Carlisle coming up with stuff. I just think that his demeanor I think would fit better with Dennis and Trey Young is like I don't know he needs the ball <laughs> even more than Colin Sexton does yeah. and even more than Dennis Smith Jr. does and I, I just I don't know the fit for me is just so bad that I don't know. I, I the can't, only I thing with Trey Young is it. he's just he's such an elite outside shooter that the argument that you that people would make that Dennis and Seth would work, you would try to make the argument that him and Trey Young would work. So and that's the only way that, you know, because Dallas is obviously going to try to make the him and Seth work at the beginning yeah. of the season. And, you know, would they try to make it work with Trey Young? I just, I just think that's a bad idea just to begin with. <laughs> Yeah, and it just goes back to my whole argument that I said before. Like, I want the ball in Dennis's hands. Give me other guys like a Bagley, an Aiton, a Bamba, uh, you know, something like that. If Porter Jr. Play, is kind of like a Harrison Barnes role. Like, 
at the, you know, something like that. Give me those guys. Like, if we're going to be serious about Dennis, let's put him in roles that's going to maximize his strengths. And so that's yeah. my only thing with Trey Young and Colin Sexton. But it goes into what we talked about before. You reach a point in that top ten. I don't think they would take him, but I think there's a, teams behind us that would be like, holy crap, y'all don't need a point guard. Let's give you something really good to move yeah. up and get Colin Sexton or Trey Young. That's exactly what would happen at this point in the draft. Yeah. If, the, I, if those guys aren't already off the board. And I want to make my a, a mini tangent, like really quick, 30 seconds. This is also why when it gets into this six, seven, eight range, this is also why I don't want – I tweeted this out today. I don't want Dallas to trade for a mid-tier all-star – for example, a Hassan Whiteside. Here's here's the thing: if if they trade for somebody like a Hassan Whiteside, then you're bringing in a guy, a middle middle mid tier all star that's probably not going to make an all star team, but might if he's really maximized and stuff. But like you're bringing him, not only is he is he cutting into the cap space, but here's the big thing, and this is what I don't want us to do at the trade deadline: I don't want us to commit to somebody like Whiteside at a position that could restrict us come draft time point is if we traded for somebody like Whiteside, gave up some assets to get him, and we invest in him, bring him in and say, okay, he's one of our pieces of the future. If we're sitting there at five or six and Bamba's on the board, there's no way we could take Bamba. Like, that's my thing. And then we would have to reach. I think Bamba is a much better prospect than a Bridges, Trey Young, or somebody for Dallas. So, But then we would have to skip over somebody like a Bamba because we already committed to a white side that is maybe an all-star someday in his life. We don't know. Probably not. So that's why I'm saying, like, I don't want us to commit to any position before the trade deadline. Because right now, Dennis is the only one. We can have two Harrison Barnes. That that's fine. Outside of that, there's nobody we're not we're going to avoid draft time because of a fit. Dennis is the only fit we should worry about. R.I.P. Nerlens Noel. <sighs> Nerlens, have fun. Wherever you Somewhere. wherever you end up. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. There's that Mark Stein rumor that the Mavericks were still interested in pursuing Demarcus Cousins. I. I don't, I don't know about that. I just I can't see. But even no, him, even but, him, he could play a four or a five, and he'd yeah, rather yeah, play it, the four. Unless it's an all star, like that's why I say a mid tier like potential all star oh, okay, guy. Yeah, if you're yeah. if you're getting a Boogie Cousins, then yeah, you screw it and say okay, no, we'll not take Bomba. We'll take Mikael Bridges. Like that's fine. But uh, Whiteside isn't worth it for me. And so a uh, Nick, but getting. Like to where somebody you can't bring off the bench. Like if you if they if they traded for Nick Batum and they're paying him twenty five million dollars a year, the Mavericks, you can't you know you can't take another wing and say and bring Batum off the bench making twenty five million. So like that's why I'm saying don't commit to a guy like that. Like go into it with just Dennis and worrying about the fit with Dennis. Completely. But anyway, keep on going. Who's your tenth? All right, my tenth. I, I don't really, I don't really know. I don't really have a feel for this guy, but Wendell Carter is my tenth. Uh, okay. A he's the other Duke big guy. He's six foot ten, two hundred sixty pounds with a seven three wingspan. Another uh, center the Mavericks could be looking at. I'm going. I mean, that, how many centers have we just named? Like six. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, there's so many. So. How much would this have changed if Nerlens played out like we thought? You Gosh. Know? Like, what if out, we handed Nerland $70 million and he had an, a crazy, awesome season like we thought? Like, how would our he draft He would be that change? mid-tier all-star that you were talking about. But <laughs> we'd be looking a lot more at, at Bagley, Porter Jr. We'd be looking at some of these guys. And is it crazy to think that, like, Aiton could play with him? 
With Netherlands? With, with Netherlands? No, they couldn't play together. Are you sure? I don't think they could. I don't think they could. I don't think Aiden's that great of an outside shooter to have two. I don't know. You're probably right. But they would, They would. I mean, if if they did try to do that, they would stagger them and, you know. Yeah. We, we'd, it could probably be made to be made work. And also they would push each other and one of them would turn out to be incredible and the other one would probably fall and eat hot dogs. Eat hot dogs. Um, the 10 spot, you could go with like five or six different players. I feel so like. many. Yeah, this is like. I know a lot of people probably have Miles Bridges right here. There's a lot of Miles Bridges, like fan club people that love him. I get kind of worried about him uh, just because he is such a tweener and he's not Draymond. So stop with the Draymond crap. Mm-hmm. And um, But I, I have Kevin Knox. I'm still a believer in him. At 10? Yeah, at 10. And Who do you have just, at 9? Oh, Jaron Jackson. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Jaron Jackson. Um, yeah, I mean, Knox is having kind of a weird season right now at, at Kentucky, um, but Kentucky just does a lot of weird crap, and they don't run a lot of um, – That's like crazy. Pro- That's the first Kentucky player that we've mentioned today. Yeah, Kentucky's just having a down year. They just lost to South Carolina a few nights ago. Uh, they've lost multiple games this year. So it's weird. He He's kind of dropped a little bit. When you know there was rumors about him going to Missouri with you know, with Porter Jr. and stuff, but he's six nine with basically a seven inch uh, or a seven foot wingspan, so he has that wing body. He can hit a spot up three. Um, I don't know. It's it's that's just I like a I like a wing, and we've talked about these wings before. You can never have enough six nine wings. So eighteen years old. So yeah, I I would I would swing for Knox at ten. Swing for Knox. Yeah. So that's our top ten. I will post them as uh, in the uh, the post that I do for Mavs Moneyball. That's I'll say who, two more two more names real quick that could rise up rise up board. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> but is that there are big question marks around them? One is Mitchell Robinson. He was going to play at Western Kentucky. Um, he, he's not going to now. So he didn't. There was some crazy rule to where he applied to play in the G League this year. Didn't get granted that. So it's like basically he's going to take a year off. 6'11". He's projected. the guy He's the guy that went to went to Western Kentucky and then like just decided he didn't want to go anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So, which, hey, I get it. If you don't want to go to Bowling Green, Heck, cool. I'm there. Um, so anyway, um, Mitchell Robinson could be very intriguing come like draft combine time when he hasn't played all year and everybody's like, who in the crap is this guy? And then he comes into a combine and just like kills it and everybody's like, what the crap's going on? Because he's been working out all summer, not having to go to <laughs> yeah, literally all summer. And uh, another late guy, he he kind of pulled like a Bagley a little bit. He wouldn't be the greatest Dallas fit, but is Anthony Simmons. Uh, Simmons is Simmons is supposed to be in next year's draft. Supposed to be one of the top pro- point guard prospects. And he's supposed to go to Louisville, but now just some crazy like rule stuff in high school. He's applied to come into this draft, and he's a crazy scorer, crazy energetic dude. Like the dude could can get baskets, and he's super young. So he, I could see both of those guys going rising up into the late lottery as the you know season stuff kicks along. Because he's gonna go, he's gonna be very rare. He's gonna go from high school to the NBA. So, because he's not gonna he's not gonna play college. It's some weird rural age stuff that he's pulling he's pulling off. I don't know how, but he is. And 
If he keeps his name in, I think there's a chance he can keep his take his name out. But. There are too many rules. <laughs> they are, and that's uh, some rules you can ask somebody about tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's our that's our top ten draft prospects. I love how it works out because before the college basketball season started. You know, we would probably have the same top five that we have for the Mavericks, but Trey Young just kind of slid up there for everybody. There's always that one guy that comes out of nowhere that, yep. you know, slides up boards, and I love it. I love seeing that randomly. And then there's just guys that, you know, you never know. Somebody else could slide up. We could start seeing guys come out of nowhere. So that's how we feel. As of this point, we'll go back probably in about three months and say, ha-ha, that's hilarious. Why would we think that those guys would be that high? Reach out to us on Twitter. Tell us if you uh, agree with us, disagree us, disagree with us. If you think Doncic is the overall one for Dallas, tell us you agree with Nick. If you agree with me and you think it's Bagley, um, holler. Let us know how you feel. I'm still confident that I take McCall Bridges over Trey Young, so I know that's probably unpopular too. But yeah, so I have that as well. All Thank right, guys. You. Thank and you so Jaren much. Jackson. You take Jaron Jackson over him too. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Okay. Yeah, I would. And Colin Sexton. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Mavericks. Peace out. Boom. Free mamas. <laughs> <laughs>